0: Hey, welcome to the Interval Healthcare Marketing Podcast for the week of February 16, 2009. I am Interval President Chris Bevelo, and I'm here with Adam Meyer, <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Design Director at Interval, and Jackie Ritako, Account Coordinator at Interval. Do you want to say hi this week? Hello. There you go. <laughs> cool. Thanks for joining us again. And before we dive into some, we've got a lot of stuff that we can talk about this week, a lot of interesting content floated up but anything new going on with you adam
1: oh no. for me it was a week of home improvement it's always a week of home improvement for you well we've got a fixer-upper well oh. yeah, i'm to some people maybe it's not a fixer-upper to me I, th- I think it's kind of a fixer-upper what are you what are you fixing up we are uh, i am gutted a bathroom and re-drywalled and now i'm mudding and I'm at the point where I think I'm just going to hire someone to come in and finish. You know how to drywall yourself? Uh this is—it's a learning experience. <laughs> let's put it that way. I'm well, learning. Honest. I'm learning to drywall myself. Wow. it's up. Some of the mud is up. Now I just want to figure out if I want to finish it with all the sanding and actually making it look like it's professional. And
0: is okay with you learning on the job with her bathroom.
1: She's well. She just wants to have another bathroom.
0: Oh, so <laughs> we're she's down flowing. to one right now. Okay. Well, that's cool. I had an interesting week. I, uh, I always meet my friend in Las Vegas every year. And on the flight back, I sat next to Vince Neil, one of my childhood heroes. Shout at the double. Very nice. I think the only sad part was I didn't say anything to him the entire time. And he didn't say anything to me. We sat right next to each other and not a word. Not even excuse me, not is this your diet Pepsi, <laughs> not dude,
1: you rock, nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I don't know what I would be. Able. I would probably do the same thing, as a, as a huge Motley Crue fan. Huge. I would, I would huge probably. Fan. I would probably be in the same boat. I wouldn't even know what to say. Well, I I guess in my past life,
0: I had to deal with some celebrity with some consulting with the NBA, and just kind of learn that, you know, leave the poor folks alone. I can't <laughs> imagine what Vince Neil has gone through throughout his life, yeah. everywhere he goes. If somebody recognizes him, he probably has to deal with it. So I just thought, you know, this guy could probably use three hours a piece and doesn't need some <laughs> 41-year-old fanboy <laughs> wanting to take his picture on the plane. So I just opted to play cool and not say anything. It, you know, It's not that I was ignoring him, but I just that was the strategy I took. He was probably like, is that Chris Bevelo next to me? Well, he, he almost said something to me, but I said, please, no. No pictures. <laughs> no pictures. But that was pretty cool. So that was, that was my brush with fame for the week. So let's dive into this healthcare marketing stuff. Uh, I, think, I think one place we could start is the survey that came out by Health Leaders Media, uh, which apparently they do every year. And it's, they call it their uh, annual industry survey. And so it's not just healthcare marketing. They talk to uh, all kinds of leadership at hospitals and health systems. Uh, but then they kind of break it down by discipline. Uh, and so there were some really interesting tidbits that came out of the survey. Uh, and the first one I want to bring up is that uh, they talked to the marketing leaders at hospitals, and the survey results showed that 16% of the marketing leaders said their efforts are highly valued by the organization's stakeholders, which is somewhat depressing, but not surprising. No, no. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, hopefully that <clears throat> improves over time. But it's too bad that they that they don't feel better. On the other hand, uh, somewhere in the survey, it said that of all the respondents, only one person said they were dissatisfied with their job. So it was like a ninety-nine percent satisfied rate for healthcare <laughs> marketing leaders. Yeah. So apparently, they don't equate satisfaction with being highly valued. Yeah. Otherwise, I could,
1: it would be reversed. Yeah. When you work in healthcare, there's that sense of some, that you're that there's something greater that you're doing for society, right. I think. The mission, right. You know, if you're building widgets and sending them out and marketing them, you might not have that to fall back on. Right. Um, I think that when you're working in healthcare, you have that to fall back on. So another one of those things that's just kind of unique to this industry. Yes, yes, I think that's a good point.
0: The other, the one thing I thought was uh, optimistic, inspiring, was that they asked healthcare marketing leaders to list the responsibilities now and then to predict what their responsibilities would be in three years. So the one that I want to point out is that, well, I think it's unfortunate that the, that the top response responsibility now is market research. Not that there's anything wrong with market research, but if that's what marketing leaders are spending most of their time on, uh, they're missing out on a lot of strategic <coughs> stuff. Uh, but the, the, last, the last item listed was patient experience. Uh, bottom of the list, about 30% of the respondents said that was their responsibility. But when they said, what are they going to be doing in three years, that was the top answer. So 65% of respondents said that patient experience would be their responsibility. I took that to be positive.
1: Well, what's your take on that? It's, it's optimistic for sure. Yeah, yeah. And in, in backing up a step, too, it would be interesting to know what... The marketers who responded to this survey consider to be if they said they're spending a lot of their time now doing market research. What 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 do they mean by that? What right. exactly are they researching? Are they looking at market share right now and what other organizations are doing? Saying how can we do what they're doing or take market? You know, or are they looking at what the market wants and right. needs? Right. Because if that's what they're spending their time doing awesome kudos right. because now <laughs> right. you're going to be innovating. You're going to be adding services that others are not providing. But man, if you're spending all your time looking at what everybody else is doing and just responding to that, what the, what the hell, <laughs> you know, Yeah, it, it does depend. So that, that would be, I would be interested to know what that means. So maybe, maybe I have to dig into that a little more to see what, uh, what, what that? What they meant specifically, if they, maybe they didn't even say.
0: Well, there, we have the survey somewhere, so we can try to find it. But uh, typically, market research means you are studying consumer um, awareness right. studies, right. consumer perception studies. Mm-hmm. You are drilling down to look at uh, utilization rates, um, out-migration patterns, all kinds of things related to what's going on now. So you're right. If you are trying to figure out uh, well, what's coming and how do we respond that's great but, but I would assume that that's labeled as something different than market research maybe that's strategic planning maybe that's uh, product development maybe that's experience or service innovation uh, maybe they didn't, weren't given that choice on the survey sure, we don't sure. know. Uh, the interesting thing too I think is that advertising wh- when asked what are you going to be doing in three years advertising fell to the bottom of the list which I guess I don't think is a bad thing. No, I would. <laughs> I, I mean, would I agree. think that I think advertising certainly has a place, like mm-hmm. we've talked about before, but it's so overemphasized uh, because it, you know, you can put up a billboard and on the road home from the CEO or the top surgeon, and that's considered a marketing strategy, but it's not the most effective means for actually improving business results. Right. So,
1: I think that's not a bad thing. No, no. If the focus is shifting to patient experience and falling back a little more on word of mouth for getting the message out, which is the most powerful marketing you've got out there, and that's that's where it's at. I mean, you got you've provided, There was a, a, one quote that I Twittered on earlier this week um, that really sums it up when it comes to when it comes to that, and it was, um, it was from a blog of a, from the blog of a designer and developer named Koyvyn who is pretty powerful voice in the design community. Yeah. Um, And basically he said, marketing isn't everything. If you build a really good product, people will use it and talk about it. Right. That sums it up. I mean, that's patient experience. You provide the ultimate patient experience, a great, cool experience. um, People are going to talk about it. Right. And, And this is where some of this is
0: semantics where, uh, you know, what you just described, I think, is the brand experience. You could call it the brand experience. Mm-hmm. And and there's a distinguishing separation there of marketing and patient experience. Uh, and it's interesting because I was going to lead into another uh, kind of a derivative of that, based on that, which was there's a post on Health Leaders Media from a highly respected consultant whose point is uh, he was at a national conference and heard people advocating for uh, advocating that marketing drive the patient experience, and his perspective is no, that's misguided. They shouldn't be driving that, and it really made me stop because I think we've been saying for years that actually yes, they should be. So first of all, you've got to decide is you know are we talking about the same things? Uh, are you looking at marketing from a purely um, outward driving perspective, or are you looking at marketing as more of an all encompassing? Like Apple would look at marketing, which would include the experience, mm-hmm. uh, would include the design of, of the product or the service. Uh, to me, there's a semantic difference there. So it, it, it's interesting to read this, this post, and I won't call the person out because I think he makes a lot of good points. Uh, you know, he's basically, his quote is, I'm very concerned that some were advocating that marketing drive the patient experience stop. Last time I checked, I don't believe that marketers are physicians, nurses, architects, preachers, cooks, or concierge. Um, when the marketing is in charge of the patient experience, as one presentation at this conference showed him, it becomes a program. I think where I would disagree is that who's better to really help facilitate, if not lead, the development of patient experience. If you're developing it as a program, yes, that's a problem. Certainly it is cultural and is, and is broad and reaches every corner of the organization. But who has the most expertise or training in looking at things from, from an outside consumer slash patient perspective? Right. Who has the ability to look across all disciplines and not get caught up in the, kind of their own fiefdom? Uh, there's a lot of things that marketing leaders bring to the table that no one else in a hospital can bring. Right. So, you know, I think when we've talked with clients before about this, we would advocate that it's a cross-functional leadership. It's a group of people uh, because a marketing leader can't do it on his or her own. Uh, but they often bring a perspective that no one else can bring. And if you're leading or if you're leaving clinical leaders in charge of the patient experience, you're going to leave a lot on the table. But that's just my two cents.
1: No, I I agree. I, I... I'd like to say it's kind of a fifty-fifty thing. I mean, really? I mean, but obviously, it's got to be a little. On one hand, it's got to be a little uh, weighted a little more to the healthcare or to the physician or to the care provider side because without them, there's there's nothing. Obviously, the right. marketers can't right. step in and create a service and say, "Hey, we're going to fix your joints." Right. You right. Know? So, um, so obviously, it's, it's weighted more to that side. But man, if you're if you've got marketing resources on hand and you're not utilizing them when creating these new services, you've, right. you're doing something wrong. Right. Um, right. so yeah, I mean, obviously both sides bring a lot to the table. Both sides should be there. Um, it certainly is possible that the care that, a, that it could happen all on the care provider side and be still be very successful. Um, certainly not saying that can't happen, but man, if you've got the resources, use it. Right. Exactly.
0: So we'll leave that one alone. I want to jump off on something you said, which was joint, What's with the bone and joint
1: <laughs> bone designation? And joints. Joints We're starting to see bones. it pop up everywhere. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I, you know, I haven't, we, we've done no research on this, no studies, no consumer focus groups. <laughs> uh, but I can tell you from an intuitive perspective, I think that <laughs> sucks. I don't know. I think <laughs> it's a replacement for orthopedics. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked to a client about it uh, this week, and they said, you know, I, I think... Uh, They weren't advocating for it. It was the orthopedists wanting to be more clear and straightforward. But, uh, you know, first of all, to me, when you say bone and joint center, it sounds redundant. Aren't my joints made of bones? I know there's more to it, (laughs) tendons and whatnot. Right. But it just seems
1: weird. And it sounds weird. Right. The bone and joint center. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, as, as medical terms you know proliferate get into society people are, people know what they mean people especially when you're in the boat that orthopedics is something that you are you know, if you needing. need orthopedic surgery you know some of these terms you don't even care about until you need to until you need to care about them and then you know what they mean right you don't need a bone and joint center until you're in this it doesn't it doesn't matter to you what it is or what's there until you need that service so no matter what it's called, it might as well be called, if it's orthopedics, it might as well be called orthopedics because once you need it, that's when you learn about it. And, and that's somebody will know. tell you. Right, you, right. Or you'll so, find and, on and, your and, own. and that just, that goes for any area of health of care. You know, I remember when I started working in healthcare, and I wasn't even at the time, you know, 20, early 20s. And I, I was like, I didn't even, I wasn't even quite sure what oncology meant. You know, I was learning what these right. terms were. You know, I knew what cancer was, obviously, but right. I was like, So as these terms were brought up, I was forced to learn them because I was now in, you know, working within that industry. So same goes for the public. I mean, you don't have to assume people are morons and call something by the most basic of terms, (laughs) you know, use the terms that are used to use the proper terms. Well,
0: orthopedics is a good example because I think most people do know what orthopedics is. Even people that don't have orthopedic issues, uh, but it's, it's probably as much a quest to try to capture everything that's included. Mm-hmm. So it can't just be bone because, wait, this includes things in the joint that aren't bone. So we better call it bone and joint. Uh, but it, then it just becomes so convoluted, and it's kind of beside the point. Like you said, uh, nobody's shopping for bone and joint unless they've been told they need
1: orthopedic care, most right, likely. right. So well, anyway, I'm, it's yeah. I'm just kind of tired of in, in many areas of life things being just dumbed down. Yes, maybe, this maybe, is true. I don't know if this is an example of that necessarily, per se, but <laughs> I don't. It's just a, It's like there's this constant insult of our intelligence, and maybe there are a lot of. I don't have any statistics in front of me. Maybe there are a lot of dumb people out there that things just need to be dumbed down for. Right. Um. But I tend to give. T- I prefer to give society the benefit of the doubt that people can figure some of this stuff out. You know, not everything needs to be verbally handed to you on a platter you know use your mind right um, so well and there's I, there's kind of the classic marketing
0: bit too of you know don't sell the feature sell the benefit right so, you know don't sell the steak sell the sizzle so bone and joint is not the benefit isn't even the feature it's the it's the it, I suppose it's the problem uh, it reminds me of I don't know why this brought this to my mind, but when I was doing some judging for a competition, like a marketing communications competition years ago, somebody had submitted um, an ad campaign for a burn center. So it was a place where people went to recover from serious burns and their logo was a flame. And I thought, I understand that this is related to what you do, but don't you think the last thing your constituents want to see is a flame? Right. If they've suffered severe burns, it's just that classic, this is what we're focused on, right. so let's put that out there. Like Instead every, of saying, what's in it for me? What is this? Who are you talking to right. and what do they care about?
1: Every heart center having a heart in there. Obviously, that's not as extreme as a, fl- as a flame for a <laughs> yeah, burn well, that'd center. Yeah, that be putting like a bleeding it's heart. It's the same so thing. A, yeah, I mean, taking the most obvious a symbol for what you do and using that. I mean, it's like. Again, it's, it's, it goes into that realm of insulting It would be like having
0: a bone and joint center whose logo was a broken bone. Right. right. I mean, <laughs> probably not even that bad, but that that's what it would or
1: be. A, a messed up joint. a, or knee a bending Yeah, down like, or,
0: like a, what's it called when you break <laughs> your leg and the bone sticks out? Oh, man. There's a name for that. It's escaping me now. Lots of YouTube videos. I just saw it on Lost last night. Lots of YouTube videos are flashing through my head right now. Well, if you watch Lost, it was gruesome because John Locke <laughs> fell down a well. Broke his leg and his bone was sticking out. It's called a compound, compound fracture. fracture. That's it. Beautiful. So you do learn something <laughs> as we work in healthcare. Okay. So we'll wrap it up with one more thing. Uh, we got some, you know, we talked earlier about kind of advocating for the patient experience, whether it's, uh, we believe that marketers, if if not leading it, should play a, a leadership role in the development of an improved patient experience. And the reason we advocate for patient experience is we, because we believe that it is a huge uh, factor for patients, uh, that it can distinguish you from your com- competition. And then we got some some neat news. Uh, the, the print issue of Business Week came out February 16th, and I, I wonder if they've changed their policy because I could not find this story online. And typically, as soon as I got my magazine, right. I could find a story online. I wonder if they're delaying
1: it. Uh, to try to add more value to having the print version. Well, oh, man, more and more magazine. I mean, this is are they to- doing to- that? This is a totally different topic, but I wouldn't be surprised. There's so many, I mean, like three or four magazines that I've subscribed to in the last in my lifetime I have, are gone now, right? Because they're online, right? People get their content online and not through. So I yep. mean, it wouldn't surprise me if magazines who are trying to hold on to that, you know, the value, the paper, of having yeah, it. yeah, that that tactile portion of their product or service that they're doing things like that to try to prolong the life, even right. if they know they're just delaying the, uh, the inevitable. Well, I think
0: that's I think it's fair. Right. And th- that would be an interesting topic to, to talk about, so don't lose that, because uh, I heard a, actually Time magazine had a cover story on how to save newspapers, but magazines would fall in the same boat. So as soon as this goes online, we'll post a link to it. But the, the story was about a, a study done by two Rand uh, economists who – followed 8,700 Medicare pneumonia patients. And they basically asked them to rate the popularity of the hospital that they attended. And then they did a correlation study to the rating that these patients gave to the amenities at that hospital. And they also looked at correlating the rating, the popularity score they gave them with the actual mortality rate for these hospitals. And what they found was there was, a, there was a high correlation between scoring a hospital high, like I liked it, with high amenities, and no correlation or very low correlation between liking a hospital and its mortality rate. And their conclusion was that tells you that the experience is more of a factor right. to patient decision-making than quality outcomes. Uh, there's, you know I always get nervous when I talk about studies that correlate things. Uh, the perfect example of this is I'm a huge video game fan. And you can find dozens, hundreds of studies that correlate teenage violence to video game playing. So in other words, right. the more they play video games, the more violent they are. Uh, correlation just shows two things that that do the same thing together. Right. There's no proof of cause in that. Mm-mm. So they're not saying, well, you know, it, to, to make the leap that, teenagers are more violent because they play video games is where you get into problem, right? So here, uh, I haven't seen the actual study. So it may be a leap to say that uh, high amenities are causing folks to rate their hospitals better uh, or that the reverse is true with mortality rates. But these are economists. Uh, it's a you know large study, 8,700 patients. Uh, and I would call it proof good proof good evidence of what we've been saying yeah i think we're safe saying that what do you think i agree you're just no, no, i can see I'm you stewing about the video game bit aren't oh, you oh yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i just uh, at, like yourself i myself I, I am remain to this day a huge video game nerd buff i just right. I, I grew up with them through from pong to atari you don't have to, to defend Nintendo. it. you're preaching to the choir yeah but it's just that kind that that whole that I'm, and I'm not a violent person <laughs> at all, you know. And I've played, I played, I played Mortal Kombat, you know, where you're ripping people's spines out at the end of right, your finishing right. move. But I don't want to rip people's spines out now,
0: nor do I. It goes back to what you said before. It's kind of insulting of the intelligence. Right. And, you know, I can remember when I was growing up, there was discussions around Bugs Bunny. Cartoon violence,
1: oh yeah, Road Runner, Road right, runner. Road
0: Runner, you know, Road runner is kicking the crap out of Coyote, and, and that you makes me want to go out and push
1: somebody off a cliff, right, right, right. And, I don't and know. that that, ex, that extends in any. I remember, I remember back when I had toy guns that were actually black or looked like guns. Now they're all fluorescent orange or green, right, right, so that children know this is not a real gun or right. what. So they equate it with a toy more than a gun. But I don't know.
0: I mean, we could we could spend a whole hour talking about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we, sure we could. You know our position, so we won't go more more into that to, to the video game thing. But uh, I, you know, the reasons they give for this are uh, it's harder for people to find information on clinical outcomes. Uh, I guess I would disagree with that. I think maybe it used to be harder to find clinical outcome information. Now I think it's a question of there's so much of it. Uh, how do you sort through it? How do you evaluate what's right, what's not? How, what's the difference between health grades four stars or three stars? Mm-hmm. And you know your state saying this, and the hospital says this, and blah 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 blah. I think that's a big part of it. We've always said that it's very difficult for people to evaluate things like that, so they go to what they do know. We can all evaluate how much a TV, how how great a TV is in a hospital room if it's flat screen versus an old piece of junk we can evaluate the service we receive we can evaluate how soft the bed is and so we're more likely to put our emphasis there Mm -hmm. as opposed to how well the surgeon performs surgery Uh, or even even the outcome you know they were looking at the actual outcome so I guess it's hard for uh, it's hard to know but there are all kinds of reasons why this is true and it's it's not we had somebody post on our website you, you know are you saying that a pillow is more important than the quality of a surgeon. Of course, that's not what we're saying uh, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, we're saying that you got to have the best quality medical care. It's a given, uh, but then you need to go beyond that. Right. And that's the struggle of communicating that. So we were very happy to have that. And, Broke our arms, patting ourselves on the back. <laughs> Put on our website to say, see, we knew, we knew. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No. I, well, I don't know. We're running,
1: running up to about 24 minutes. Oh, here. So. 24 minutes. <laughs> we so we know, better not get back into the, are,
0: into the video games. Probably not. We just go on and on. That would be hours On that. So you're telling me that I should stop my six-year-old girl from playing Mortal Kombat? She told me she was ripping out spines, but I didn't believe it. No, nah, you rip out spines with her so she knows it's not a then it can be a bonding experience do I need to like say that was sarcastic in case like somebody out there calls child services or something let me just state that's a very sarcastic statement just in case anyone's worried alright well we better wrap it up there before we get into trouble Uh, for Adam Meyer that's me Jackie Ritaco. (laughs) this is Chris Buffalo. thanks again for listening to Interval's healthcare marketing podcast and we will talk at you next week